Hi everybody, I'm Bill Little. This is Alfonso Rachel. Welcome to the Virtue Signal where we talk about some of the politics and the stuff behind the politics or underneath the politics, above the politics. I haven't got that part sorted out yet. Mm. Uh, so we sometimes like to do these two-part episodes. We shoot two episodes a week. And in our last episode, we talked about strengths. We talked about the strengths that the, that the left has, primarily a rhetorical uh, real rhetorical skill, skill in framing the language, framing the, the battlefield, the emotional battlefield, emotional manipulation, and a willingness to do basically whatever it takes regardless of, of, of well, I was going to say regardless of what your personal ethics are, but you don't really have any personal ethics when you're, <clears throat> when you're on that team. Uh, now I want to talk about the weaknesses, not only our weaknesses, but their weaknesses as well. So so we can end on a happy note. Let's start with our weaknesses, uh, the weaknesses that we have as conservatives in this in this cultural war. To me, without question, the biggest weakness that we have as uh, conservatives in the cultural war is that virtually no conservatives believe there's such a thing as a cultural war. Hmm. It, it's practically impossible to get people to really understand that this isn't a question of like guns or even constitutional protection. It's about the ability to tell a story to people who have been absolutely brainwashed by hearing the same story from the left for their entire lives. And, and getting people uh, on the conservative side to, to take this seriously is by far our greatest weakness. George Soros has moved 40, not million, $40 million would be, an, would be quite an obstacle. He's moved on and off about $40 billion, $40,000 million into any number, hundreds, hundreds of cultural organizations that are designed to convince Americans to surrender. And he's been doing this for a long, long time. And it's not just him. And when you look at the amount of resources that are put into the culture war on the part of the left versus the amount of resources that we have on the right, it's a miracle that we're even able to continue the discussion, to be perfectly frank with you. Truth is a, is a powerful ally of ours. Mm. But I think the biggest weakness on the conservative side is an, a, an inability to, generally speaking, an, an inability to understand the power of the emotional message, the power of the story, the power of the narrative, we are now facing catastrophic damage towards the United States that is not caused by a government shutting people up with guns. We had an episode pulled last week, and, and so no, no YouTube for us for a week. That's not the government censoring us. Mm. That is our inability to see that the control of things like Facebook, uh, YouTube and all the rest of it are essential for them to maintain power. And I think that's our biggest weakness is our, is our, our unwillingness to look at soft power and give it the same weight as we do hard power, like things like guns and ammo. Guns and ammo have been so effective at preventing them from attacking us with guns and ammo that they don't even try. Mm -hmm. They're coming at us with stories and we need to defend ourselves with stories and it's very, very hard to get conservatives to pony up for that. I'm speaking from experience here, and so are you. I hear you, man. And it's, you know, because we, we kind of like that adage of saying the Second Amendment, you know, protects the first. But in reality, as, as we say. The first protects the second. Well, it, actually, the First Amendment is being used to erode the Second Amendment. That's right. 
That's right. Is, and, uh, that's a better way of putting it. Yes. Is we're 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 in trouble as far as that goes. And you know that's a great point. Second Amendment protects the first, and they're using the First Amendment to destroy the second. Yes. Yes. Indeed, they are. And I think if we're talking about weakness, I think you know, I think with conservatives, like I said, in this practical practical nature that we have, we want we want it you know set in stone. We want it pretty you know evident. Yeah, and, we want to touch it. We want to, and we want metrics, and we want to. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. And we want the, and you know, and liberals are the same way. And I, I'll try to try to touch on that in a second. But where conservatives are, with, there's this tangible, tangible aspect of it has to be official. They want their ideas represented in office. It has to be official like that. Culture mm-hmm. isn't official to them. Culture is like something arbitrary, or it's it's not, it's. I guess it's just, like I said, it's not tangible enough for them. They want a representative. They want it, you know, made into law and that this person is going to go in there, going to be a fighter. And like I said, they go in there talking like they're eagles and they turn out to be jive turkeys. And <laughs> we're, we're, but that's where like the money goes. It's almost like the same thing. I, and, and these things don't translate well in the culture. If we're, if we're going to be governed by our consent, well, you got to have a culture that consents to conservative values, but they don't. And that stuff's going to start in the culture. You know, you can have the conservative, all the conservative representatives that you want. If the culture doesn't consent to it, then it ain't going to do nothing. You know, but we have these people like, say, for like, like the church, for example, it doesn't look good in the marketplace when you have churches that are given over to the whole 501, you know, C uh, status of their church and stuff like that. And people are making donations to the church that they can write off. That doesn't sell. That that's basically you saying, well, yeah, I'll go ahead, I'll donate to the church, you know, as I'm going to write that off at the end of the year. That's not a real sacrifice. It's like when you go yeah. to the temple and you sacrifice a goat, you shouldn't be expected to get that goat back. That goat is gone, right? So don't expect to like write off your taxes. However, that's a great point. No, that's a great point. That's a really, really good right? point. But however, when it comes to Netflix, they'll sacrifice that money. Right. When it comes to being entertained by anything else, they yep. will sacrifice that money. And you cannot write they that. They don't off. expect a tax deduction for Netflix. They, they feel like they're getting value. Thank you. For what they're paying. Yes, value. Perfect. Right. They get that value. And it shows it shows in the culture. So even by the things that they're disgruntled by, they're helping to pay for it. You know, you know, you like Christians got, got the Netflix account, too. And I ain't judging. I'm not mad. I'm just saying if you're mad about how these things come out in the culture. Well, this is what you wanted written off here, which shows no value, really. And this is the stuff that you paid for, that you sacrificed your money for. You gave your dollar vote to that. And that's why that stuff exceeds in the culture. Where is the donor class conservatives? Where's those deep pocket conservatives who instead give money, who write checks to campaign people who are just basically going to go into office and disappoint them again? Why don't they say, hey, why don't we get a group together? And I would seriously like to talk to, are there some, cur- I hear that there's some conservatives in Hollywood. You guys are storytellers, right? Let's talk. What can we do about this? Yeah, when 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 the idea when conservatives give money to the RNC or to individual candidates, not only are they disappointed, usually, but let's say they're not. Let's say they get the, the kind of candidates that we would like them to have. I haven't seen it yet, and I don't expect it's going to happen. But let's just say that it did. What good does that do if every day that goes by there are fewer and fewer people who identify as Republicans who are willing to vote for them? Mm. If if the if the opposing team is putting so much money down on the next generation, then it's just a matter of time. Yes. And 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 so you you are the the weakness of the conservative movement is we are we are putting an ever we're not putting many resources into the cultural fight, and those resources that we do put into the to the fight are not resources that are going to bear 
long-term yield. Mm -hmm. we're, not, we're not investing in going after young people as a general rule. Mm -hmm. Number one, because we don't know how to do it. But the reason we don't know how to do it is because there's no money for it. And the reason there's no money for it is because we don't, as a general rule, see what is obvious to the left. Obvious. That's why they spend billions and billions and billions of dollars on this. Great example. I, I, I just had this thought enter my mind a couple months ago, and I've been using it quite a bit since then. You'll, you'll find conservatives saying, well, they're never going to take my guns. It's like, no, you're right. They won't. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to try. They're not going to try to come to, to your door and knock your door down and take your guns because if they try that, you will shoot them. <laughs> so they are not going to come and take your guns. What they're going to do is they're going to produce TV shows and movies mm -hmm. so that your children will turn your guns mm -hmm. in when you're gone. They will turn your guns in and they'll get a little pat on the head and they might get their social credit score increased and they get to, you know, th that's, they, they will, they will make sure that your children turn your guns in. And, and, and when people hear that, they suddenly start to get the message, right? And this is why we do this show and this is why we're here is to try to get conservatives to understand where this fight is and how, and how, desperate conservative culture warriors are and how much they're trying to do with with how with such scarce resources indeed man and you know the thing is when it talk with in, in speaking of of teaching you 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 spoke about this before man and and I, and and I totally agree you know people who have shown that they can make a living doing what they're passionate about or a business that they have and then come back and mentor. It's like, you've retired. You, you know, if it's like you could pass this on to the next generation, people were coming up behind you. I, it, it bothers me like, uh, you know, I, I'd hear, you know, uh, a lot of Republicans saying we need to get our kids back in school, but at the same time, they're calling these schools indoctrination camps. And I'm like, why would you want to send your kids back there? You know, but, and it's like, this kind of stuff is what causes Republicans to shoot themselves in the foot a lot. Mm -hmm. And, but teaching itself, teaching takes a talent. That's a talent. You know, uh, some people may be really good at certain things, but they may not have like the ability to pass that on or teaching. There's talents that people have. There's talents that people have to teach. There's talents in, in investing or, or giving and even philanthropy, like you know, knowing what's a, what's a good give and stuff like that. There's talents for that. The word of God talks about these things. You got to know what your, what your wheelhouse is and apply it and, and, and tap into that and do those things from there. Um, but the teaching thing, making learning interesting, you know, and that's one of the things that the Democrats have done. They've made learning interesting. A lot of people don't think that they're learning. They just think that they're, they're being entertained the whole time. They're being programmed the whole time. They're being spellbound by what's going on. Mm -hmm. We got to we got to come in and learn how to be the spell breakers, you know, yep. and uh, until. But it, like I said, there's there's this La La Lander a version that a lot of conservatives have to these things. Like I said, they think it's la la land or it's not, there's, there's this lack of reality to it. However, yeah, I got that. But because of the imagination that these people are stoking, it's having real world effects mm -hmm. and we have to run on interference with these things. We have to get in the way of it. It's time to tap into some new uh, cultural guerrilla warfare, that guerrilla warfare that we celebrate so much when this country was founded. Well, we need to tap back into that. And, you know, start firing, you know, to, uh, I don't I, I'd hate for us to have to get into a gunfight. I don't really think that's going to. No, you know, it's not going to happen because you know, they'd lose. Yeah, they, they're they smart lose. enough and they're smart enough to know we're not going to fight a battle. We're going to lose. We're going to fight the battle 
coming from behind. Smart. Um, yeah, th- smart. That, but that's yeah, the, and that's the thing that we need to understand, Bill. They're not stupid. A lot of times no. we just think that we're dumb, and we and and I hear a lot of people want to. They just want to plug in to these high-profile commentators. Sorry, I'm not trying to you know to to downplay anybody, but what's happened is that they're buying to these uh, high-profile commentators who are stoking their pride, stoking their ego, and they love to hear that the liberals are dumb. That's what they love to hear. They're not dumb. They are the ones who have us running around in mazes. They run the major platforms. They run all the institutions of influence, all the industries of influence. They run it all. Right. That's why I say hey, you probably want might not want to say that that, you know, the whole white privilege and white supremacy and and, uh, systemic racism doesn't exist, because if they're running all the institutions of all this stuff and they're the ones saying that it does exist. Well, you know what? Let them have it because they run everything. They're the ones who are making all these institutions of racism happen. They run everything. So let them fall on their own sword. So that's one of the weaknesses that that conservatives have is that they're in denial about these things. When they could turn those things around and make it their strength and use their own weapons against them. Yep. As we talked about on the strength episode, um, there are short-term strengths and weaknesses, and there are long-term strengths and weaknesses. And the longer the fight goes, the more things start to favor the long-term strategy. One of the short-term weaknesses of conservatives is that we're very difficult to organize because we're very much individuals, and we and we generally just like to be left alone. That's why we don't get into politics. That's why we don't generally put anything like the kind of effort that the left puts into political change because we would just frankly just, we don't care. I don't care what you're doing. Just leave me alone. Well, they won't leave us alone, which now brings me to the, to the major weaknesses on the, on the left. And of all those weaknesses on the left, and there are many of them, <laughs> seems to me that the most obvious one is cannibalism. Mm. If you have a philosophy that is predicated not on excellence or achievement, but predicated on your your victimhood status, then you are constantly not only trying to prove yourself to be more virtuous than the other people on your team, anybody who becomes an apostate, anybody who deviates from the narrative is immediately destroyed. And we're talking about some big name liberals, you know. This is is the, the kind of thing... I could probably encapsulate this by saying there was a lot of liberals who were amazed. They've been lifelong feminists, right? You know, Gloria Steinem kind of feminist, lifelong feminists. And they'll go and talk about feminism at a college. And what they'll find is, is that the students are so far left of these leftists. You're a straight woman. How can you lecture us about feminism? You don't know anything about feminism. You're a straight white woman. And this is the kind of cannibalism that I'm talking Mm -hmm. about where they just keep eating their own and they can't they can't help it uh a great example i just did an event with young republicans uh, terrific people kind polite nice to each other trust each other the young democrats organization the college democrats organization cannot find any leadership and is in the middle of a civil war mm-hmm. because anybody that they try to uh, nominate or elect They'll go back and find problematic tes- texts that they might have, you know, made when they were 11 or something, right? And so there's this constant need. If you're going to be top victim, you have to tear everybody else down. Mm-hmm. We don't have that weakness. It's a tremendous weakness that they have. And it's a weakness we should be exploiting mm-hmm. in the same way that we never really understood when we were dealing with Muslim terrorism. We never really understood that that the that there's a fault line in Islam between the Shia and the Sunni. And if we were really playing a smart game, we would be we would be playing those two sides against each other and and just kind of sitting back and and watching these two guys you know duke it out mm. 
there there is a tremendous weakness on the left in terms of their cannibalization of each other. And I'm just wondering what we could do to help that along. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's like that... Uh it's so interesting that they call themselves, I mean, what, what they're, they're referred to as the cancel culture. They want to, they want to get out there and cancel everything. But they're canceling their own, they're, they're, they're canceling their own outrights. Yes. Like, yeah. like J.K. Rowling, for example, mm. is, is a tremendous big liberal. She's a big old liberal. Mm. She's been canceled by the left. Yeah. Right. Right. It, it's, you know, and the, the irony is, is that, you know, she built a, a franchise on sorcery, you know, the, the fan, the fantasizing about, you know, witchcraft and sorcery and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it's like, JK, don't you think it's kind of interesting that you're the, the cast of the movie that, that you pretty much made famous. You, you opened the door for them. Nobody knew who they were. And they're basically spellbound. They're, you know, and they're turning against you and turning against you. It's, it's, she wanted to promote this, you know, fantasy world of, of witchcraft. And when you have people out there who will totally believe that a man can change into a woman and, and vice versa. Yeah, that's witchcraft. Like I said, you want to go ahead and, 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 and sacrifice your flesh and sacrifice your blood so you could transform. So you could take these potions to be able to sustain this spell, the hormones and all that sort of stuff. That's witchcraft. Transvestitope. Yeah, right. Patron, you know, Patronus and all that sort of stuff. And these people have turned, turned against you. These warlocks, these people who are supposed to be loyal to you. Well, they've broken their oath to you. They have no loyalty to you. That's it. We talked about that on the strength episode with pirates. Yes. A, a collection of traitors can never trust each other because they are oath breakers. And that is a foundational weakness that they have and we don't. Absolutely. You know, and, and these things that should be within this cancel culture, how is it that we cannot use it against these people? Like, like even the whole LGBT narrative cancels itself out because these people will insist, well, I'm born gay and I can't do nothing about it. Okay, so you're born gay and you can't do nothing about it. However, this person was born a man, but you're saying that this person can do something about it and change it to a woman. You don't see how that cancels itself out? You know, so these things are, there's it's stuff that we could be totally using against them, but here's the big problem. This is the big weapon that they have. We can go ahead and point these logical truths out to them all, they, all we want. As long as they're able to convince people that we're racist, any reasoning that we could tell to anybody, and, and that's and that's something that's fixable, Bill. It's fixable, but that's stubbornness. How's it fixable? How's it fixable? Like I keep saying, and I, I just said earlier, don't deny it. When, assign it. Assign it. Re, you know, they, they, they're all about a reassignment, gender reassignment, and stuff like that. No, reassign where it actually goes. The country is still bitter about racism. This is the Democrats' biggest weapon. This is how they've gotten away with all the stuff that they've done. Well, if you say that there is no systemic racism, no white privilege, no white supremacy, well, then you've just erased everything that the Democrats have done. This is not some new Democrat party. It's not a new socialist Democrat party. Democrats have always been that way. It's not a new communist Democrat party. It's not a new uh, racist Democrat party. They've always been that. Socialism, communism, racism, all of it is about benefiting at the forced expense of somebody else. That's who they've always been. Even in the early 20s, who's that politician who said, uh, um, I don't need to, to, uh, to be a socialist. I could run as a Democrat and get the same thing. They were saying it back then. This is not yep. new. So when we keep trying to say this is a new Democrat party, new radical, they're not, they're not radical, nothing radical about them. You yeah. know, we give them our distinction by doing that, you know, so, um, but all these things, when we do that, like I'll see concern, well, it's not white privilege, it's Democrat, it's elite privilege. Yeah, who's running it though? Who runs it? 
That's Democrat. Be sure they got their, their black lackeys and they got their Hispanic lackeys and all that sort of stuff. They're not the ones with the real power. You know, it's, it's, it's your white liberal Democrats, but unfortunately, too many conservatives take it as an admission of guilt for them. It's not an admission of guilt for you. Yeah. And if you assign it back to where it belongs and say, yeah, yeah, white supremacy all day long, that's the Democrats. You need to be mad at them. They're the ones who've done it. You know, you want your 40 acres and a mule, you go see the Democrats. They've even got a mule as their party symbol, so you know where to go. Right. So go see them. I agree with you. But unfortunately, conservatives don't do that. It gives the Democrats a pass and they're able to keep doing the evil that they do. Yeah. If we knew what we were doing rhetorically, I've, I've said this a few times. Uh, first of all, I would change the RNC logo because that that cartoon elephant with the square legs and the <laughs> little trunk is it's just it's, if I was if I was in charge of the progressive movement, I couldn't design anything i would i would have an elephant that's just just roaring and and then below that the the motto of the republican party should be don't be an ass that's what our (laughs) motto should be um and if we and if we if we fought like that we'd we'd win Mm. um but no you're exactly right when 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 the left accuses conservatives of being racist Mm. we go no we're not (laughs) when what we should be saying is Look who's freaking talking. <laughs> How much time have you got? Right. You got five minutes? I can do it in five minutes. You calling us racist? Really? Well, let's just walk ourselves a little bit back mm-hmm. into the past, shall mm-hmm. we? And let's talk about the people who had all those fire hoses on those black kids trying to go to, to, to universities in mm-hmm. Mississippi in the 60s. Those were Democrats. Yes. And they were the guys who put the dogs on those students. They were Democrats. And the Confederacy were all Democrats. Yes. And the Klan were Democrats. And Jim Crow laws were, were put in place by Democrats. And it was Republicans who were being murdered by white Democrats mm-hmm. because Republicans were sending black men to Congress in the 1860s. Yes, yes. And and this is what we need to do and we don't do it. And 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 in a in a war is that it's you you've been saying this from the beginning you're absolutely right. They essentially have one weapon and that weapon is we may be bad but they're worse. Mm-hmm. And and we simply just walk right along with that. Yes. We, we just need to be on. Anytime I hear anybody on the left start with this moral superiority, I immediately kick them right in the shins. Let's just say the shins. <laughs> um, right. Anytime I hear some kid talking about, oh, you know, you have too much privilege, too much money. How much does your phone cost? You have a toy. You have an Xbox toy that could feed a family in Africa for a year. A village, probably. And you sit around and use it for that. I'm disgraceful behavior. I'm ashamed to be seen with you. And then you've got them. Because now you've now you've not only not only have you disarmed them, you've taken their weapon. Uh, Sun Tzu talks about the ultimate form of the warrior is swordlessness. Mm. And I thought, swordlessness? He says, yes, the ultimate warrior doesn't even need a weapon. He will walk into the enemy camp and use the enemy's weapon against him. Mm. And 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 there it sits right in front of us. And all we have to do is, is accept it because we have such advantages. Their weaknesses outweigh ours by such a large margin. Yes. And that's why I'm ultimately hopeful. And, and, and I know you are too. Indeed, man. And, and just like, you know, with, with these arts of war, and as we talked about earlier, there has to be the follow through. Uh, there has to be that, you know, that, that contingency in play when they try to do stuff like uh, the party switch. Right. So now they love they love rhetoric. They, they're basing things on rhetoric. Be ready for that because we know that they're going to do it. And you, you're able to say, OK, party switch. 
that's that's it. That's an interesting thing that you want to look at. Uh, let's right. go ahead. And- we're the, the, yeah, we're, we're and all of a sudden all the racists went from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party, and all the anti-racists went from the Republican Party to the Democratic Party. Yeah, and I that's the that's the party switch. And I have not seen this migration. It's like, look, I understand that liberals are all about migration and stuff like that, but I have not seen where did all these Republicans go who went to the Democrat side. I've not seen it. And even better, <laughs> it's like basically what you're saying is we're winning at halftime, seventy-two to nothing, mm-hmm. and you're and you're saying we all went into the locker room and switch jerseys. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Right. We just thought, well, what the hell? We might as well give up this incredible advantage of ours and suddenly we're going to become racist because we were the party that was founded to abolish slavery, but now we'll become racist. No, it wasn't a party switch. It was a strategy switch. Indeed. Is what it was. Exactly. It was a strategy Mm. switch where instead of trying to enslave black people and murder them, they decided that we'll enslave them by buying them things. And and we we will give them just enough to get them to vote for us. And then once we have the, 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 the megaphones, we'll say, well, yeah, you, you may be living in a sewer and your murder rate may be 8,000 black males killed every single year. And that's, it may not be good, but sure, certainly it's not as bad as what the Republicans would do. <laughs> and, and, and in order for that argument to work, you have to destroy history. And in order to destroy history, you have to own the teachers unions. Yes. And you also have to own the means of communication. So if somebody like you and me comes along and says, this is all a bunch of hooey, mm. well, then Facebook will... Or, or or YouTube, <coughs> down comes the big steel door, mm-hmm. right? And 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 we sit here and why don't we have? Why don't conservatives put a few hundred billion dollars into social media? If you want to save the country, we spend six hundred billion dollars a year on defense. Mm-hmm. I think a hundred billion dollars, one sixth of the defense spending for one year, pretty much would do it. Indeed, man. You know, get a team together who actually has, you know, their ear to the pol- their ear to the ground as far as what the culture is doing, and uh, you know, have that focus group. You know, have have it. You know, to have that meeting. You know, start getting the ball rolling as far as that goes, and you know, make these cultural impressions. You know, and one and like I said, one of the big impressions that they have, and and, and conservatives seem to run up against the wall again is is people are sold on the idea that the parties have switched sides, and unfortunately. Too many conservatives help with that idea. They help it along. But, you know, when talking to some liberals, when I get a chance, you know, to, to talk to one on one because they don't like to go. They, the, the herd doesn't like to step out of her because they'll get torn apart. You get to talk to them one on one on one, you know, like, say, for instance, the black community. Uh, yeah, you flip them in three minutes. Yeah, it's, it's like, look, OK, nothing to it. You, so you believe that the parties have switched sides. You believe this from a party that will tell you that a man can switch his gender. And now a lot in the the black community, a lot of black community doesn't doesn't really toe that line. You know, it's like, no, one thing about the black community is that they're they're uh, disgruntled about how America has emasculated the black man. Right. And it's like, okay, well, why are you voting for the party that promotes man forfeiting their manhood? They throw parades for men who do that. Why are you joining with them? And the bell starts going off. It's like you really believe that a party's a switch sides sold by the idea that a man can switch sides on his gender. Then the wheels start turning. It's like you're really believing these people. You know, like Malcolm X said, you know, if you're black and you're voting Democrat, not only you're a political chump, you're a traitor to your race. And um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is Malcolm and X. Frederick, this, this, and Frederick. Yeah. And, yeah, this is. Yeah. And fr- yeah, this is Malcolm X. Yeah. Exactly. And and Frederick Douglass says the Republican Party is the rock and 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 uh, and the foundation of, of black freedom and well that was a hundred years ago but Malcolm <laughs> X still got some street cred. I think so. <laughs> there you go. 
That'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signal, which is made possible by a very small group of conservatives who actually get the idea and are parting with $10 a month, uh, which is about 25 cents a show for us. We, we do quite a few shows here. And, um, and if any of this stuff made sense to you and you want to become a member, you just go to BillWhittle.com. It'll keep, keep this show on the air, keep Zoe with us. And if you want to just make a one-time donation, you can do that too. I say this every show, and I know people don't hear it. It's just like a little buzz at the end. They probably already clicked off by now. But we think the message is more important than the advertising. That's why we save the advertising till the end. Uh, for Alfonso, Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. This is The Virtue Signal. We'll see you next time right here at BillWhittle.com. <laughs>